This is episode nine of the Think Later podcast in partnership with DataWorks and ACV. I'm super excited to welcome John Coles to the podcast. Um, he is the Senior Director of Data Science and Analytics at ACV, and they are one of America's largest digital marketplaces for the automotive sector. Slightly different episode this week because we're actually going to be talking a lot around how ACV trained, hired, and developed their very own data team in the Buffalo area and then further afield as well. Thanks so much for coming on board, John. I know this has been a kind of long time in the making, but do you mind giving us a bit of a bit of an overview to you? I know you've got kind of really kind of interesting background, then also probably bring our listeners up to speed on what ACV are, what were they trying to achieve, and kind of I suppose fundamentally why analytics is such a key focus for you guys. Sure. Well, Alex, thank you so much for having me. Uh, and I appreciate your flexibility as we've been getting to, working to get together over the last uh, last four months. So, you know, my background, um, I born in uh, born and raised in New York and then overseas. Um, and Buffalo for me is really an adopted home. Uh, Buffalo, New York is where I ended up going to college and uh, building a community and, and really getting my first taste of what entrepreneurship uh, could look like. Um, and I joined ACV about four years ago now, um, which feels like uh, <laughs> you know, decades ago <laughs> in the entrepreneurial life. Um, and I joined because ACV was in the midst of uh, leading disruption in the automotive space and really converting uh, what was a very uh, touch-heavy physical uh, infrastructure-heavy um, industry into a light-touch digital marketplace um, and really leading that transformation across the United States. And it seemed like a great opportunity to build the next generation of, of talent, of industry, um, and of entrepreneurship in my adopted home. And now my wife's family and my family are all around here. And it's a wonderful place to be and grow. So that's a little little bit of background. And I'll dive more into ACV as we talk about, uh, you know, why we wanted to develop talent here as well. Fantastic. Yeah, it's, uh, I think in the UK, there's, um, there's an organization who... Um, they're called BCS and they own actually We Buy Any Car, which was one of their big projects was to try and digitalize what was notoriously deemed to be quite old school way of purchasing and procuring automotive vehicles and then subsequently selling them. So in terms of ACV, when you joined um, and then what was your kind of scope and remit? Because you said kind of four years back, kind of that entrepreneurial streak and you said you know i need to i need to take this opportunity why did you take it and kind of what was the scope so um when i when i joined it was uh myself and one other person on the analytics side and we had uh really five other individuals across the organization that were working in a focused manner on data science and uh, developing pricing technology the reason that I joined and uh, got excited about the opportunity that we had is the automotive space um, was rife and is con- continues to be rife for disruption opportunity. Mm. So uh, that intersection between the physical and digital world and providing a conduit for connecting uh, those two spaces 
um, really presents just tremendous entrepreneurial space and runway um, for investment and disruption. So when I joined, um, you know, I mentioned we had about seven people across this data and data science space. And when you capture information about a car and present it online, if you think through the development of um, the internet, there's that first space, right, is just capturing and posting. Yeah. And then the next space is the next phase of web development was interaction. And now there's real time development. And even we're in the generative phase of artificial intelligence. Uh, now, connecting those dots and helping accelerate that transformation requires taking data from beyond capture and presentation to insight, guidance, recommendation, and optimization um, at a level that we hadn't seen before in the automotive space. So um, that really was the opportunity and the promise. And I think, you know, while we've delivered on parts of that, there's so much more disruption to go. Um, so joining for me, though, was more about building the community than it was just about technology. Mm-hmm. So and if we if we think back to Silicon Valley and why it was named Silicon Valley, it's because you had this entrepreneurial spirit and these uh, incredible people develop Intel and actually start to build out silicon chips and, and accelerate computer innovation in that space. And it unlocked generations of talent, entrepreneurial spirit, and provided a home and a jumping off point for so many new ideas and innovations that have changed how we think about our world today. And so for me, ACV uh, was a good way to invest in the next disruption in our Buffalo community and hopefully turn it into the the automotive uh, intelligence alley here in Buffalo and our Western New York community. So that for me was really the the key opportunity was how do we develop multi-generational opportunities for entrepreneurship here in Western New York? I like that. I like, I like, and I'm guessing um, a lot of that kind of, I suppose, entrepreneurialism and vision is coming from the, the kind of C-suite and they've effectively given you the keys to the kingdom and said, look, we're going to back you because I guess without their... I suppose, commitment to the cause. And obviously, it's very hard for you to, as you say, kind of influence that journey. So have you found it's it's really critical for that C-suite to be just as on board as, as you are and as passionate as you are? It It is. It's yeah. so critical. Um, you know, George, Shimon, uh, Vikas, Meta, um, and Bauman, Dan Magnashevsky, who is one of the founders here in Buffalo, you know, they invested in... Uh, pricing technology and machine learning in disruptive data insights for years Mm. before we saw the full impacts of it in our marketplace. And they had that vision and the trust that as we developed along that milestone, we would work to deliver value back to the business in an incremental fashion, right? There's a paradigm of investment and of agile development where we're actively trying to contribute to the business and advance the use of data in every part of our marketplace, while at the same time unlocking that next generation, that next disruptive ability. Um, And George Vakas and the whole executive team have done a fantastic job of providing space and the runway and the trust uh, for us to give it a shot 
Sometimes we fail, sometimes we hit. Um, and that trust and partnership and communication is key to providing and, and actually realizing any data disruption um, in an industry. I think it's super important, isn't it? I think there's so many uh, case studies, especially in this market at the moment, where the C-suite are getting quite twitchy and they're looking for the ROI. They're looking for immediate value from their analytics and data team. And if they're not realizing that, obviously the costs are relatively high from a data standpoint. So they then are laying off these teams. And you know it's great that you're not going to get everything right, are you? And the fact they're so invested in it, they're giving you that bandwidth is is great. And I know when we, we spoke beforehand, obviously this started with obviously the vision but then the first hurdle was obviously assembling this team and you coming in with your kind of your blueprint how you know before you joined i don't know how much visibility you had but buffalo is not necessarily renowned for being that kind of tech hub i know obviously your vision is to try and influence and change that but how is it typically approached recruitment you know tech data before you joining and over the kind of preceding kind of 12, 18 months, how did you approach kind of building out that roadmap to effectively hire people in the local market? So it's a great question. Um, and there's there's a lot packed in there, Alex. Yeah. So um, I want to take a few steps back first. When I joined, I was recruited by a teammate who had an even broader vision. So uh, Steve Simpson and... Uh, Phil Schneider and several other teammates at ACV when I joined actually started sowing the seeds in some of our Buffalo community with data science meetups, with actually providing some of the foundational components that you need in a smaller community to actually build out relationships um, and cast a broad net yeah. for finding some of those talented individuals across uh, community and bringing them together. And so um, as we fast forward four years, there are teammates across the Buffalo landscape and companies that came out of the entrepreneurial spirit that's been developing for over a decade, um, the data community that was really invested in well before I joined ACV. Um, we're seeing the fruit of that from even before I joined and the investment in it from the executive team even before I joined. But when I joined, one of the key things that we look to do um, really as a team with those partners that I mentioned and the C-suite was to build out a roadmap that demonstrated the value of data and insight to the bottom line, to the teammates that we were working with across right. the business, and then began to surface insights and guidance to our customers in as minimally invasive ways as possible um, as we refine our overall data delivery. And so building out the team really required uh, hire, looking for and hiring people who had a person-first mindset okay. of when you, when you take a piece of data, you're not just looking at a piece of data for its own sake. Mm -hmm. Data tells a piece of a story. And that story needs to connect to a person, to a value-add proposition about the business. And now, some of that story may take years to tell, right? We're in this multi-year, multi-decade investment opportunity. But along the journey, building out a first cut of insights 
in analytics to help guide the business was a key were key milestones that we focused on for really the first three to 12 months as we looked at how data should unlock first kind of the day-to-day operations of the business. Before we talked about, you know, heady, long-term, generative, disruptive AI, do we know how many cars we sold today? Do we know who they sold to and if they paid the right amount? Like (laughs) starting with those basic questions so that we can guide the business. Yeah, interesting. And I know when we... uh... We've talked previously, I think, you know, the competitive landscape for data professionals is, is still very much front and center. And I know you, uh, alongside obviously your experience high, benefiting from that kind of 10 years of kind of networking and building out that community, you also looked at kind of boot camps and actually presenting ACV as a, as a platform for people to come in and train and learn. How was that kind of idea conceived? And because, you know, it's great in to talk about that and say, look, you're going to come in and learn and train, but actually there's a lot that happens behind the scenes to give you the, you know, so it's the bandwidth that you're not just spending all your time on the boot camp side of things. How how is that idea conceived? Yeah. So it's interesting you mentioned it, Alex. I mean, that idea was conceived in partnership with multiple businesses across uh, the Buffalo and Western New York oh, landscape. So one of the things that um, is important in disruption and in developing generational talent and insights is ACV was not the only tech-focused company in Buffalo looking to build out these pipelines. And so we actually have um, some great visionaries in our banking sector, in our medical sector, in Western New York. So M&T Bank um, and uh, Kubrick, which is actually a place I worked prior, a small uh, contracting company, um, they all had some of these ideas as well. And so that intersection of multiple people all kind of coming to a similar conclusion and then Mm -hmm. banding together around an initiative is really what made it possible. And so we have, uh, you know, Industries that have been anchors to the Buffalo and Western New York community, like Moog, MT Bank, I already mentioned, uh, and several others that began this initiative, and ACV got to join and, and help highlight some of the opportunities that we could add from a data insights and data science perspective as well. And so that partnership component, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go <laughs> yeah. sustain that pace, you've got to go together. And so it's been a great partnership across the Buffalo community. And Ken Lesniak, uh, who is one of my teammates still at ACV, actually helped build some of those early relationships with other partners so that ACV could be a key supporter and partner in accelerating this investment back into our community to build up uh, the next generation of talent. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because it's very rare you hear, you always hear of people competing for talent and everyone's, you know, coming up against each other to kind of, you know, uh, present their best opportunity to to get talent. But actually, if you're you're right, if you're all investing now, I think that will pay dividends over the next three, four, five Mm -hmm. years when those people, the reality is, people don't really want to have to move away from maybe where they're educated to go and seek opportunities. I know, the world is uh, 
you know, there's a remote kind of first mindset for a lot of companies. But my genuine belief is that shift is changing. You know, we're seeing hybrid, we're seeing in-person meetings. I know that you regularly are in the office. And how important did you see that element of building that culture and that team and building that kind of uh, that long term tenure of actually getting people into an office and collaborating in person? Yeah. So that last part is what's most important, that collaboration mm. with people, right? I mentioned that our view on data at ACB and in our division is really focused on data being representative of a person. One of the challenges that we ran into during the, the COVID era, not that we're totally out of it, but in that COVID, uh, the early days of COVID was, you know, you started to lose the sense that the voice on the other end of the call was this person that you had a relationship with. We, we shifted yeah. kind of naturally towards a more and more transactional engagement in a digital space. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about, you know, why we invest in talent locally and how we actually build intentional investment, even across the world in some of our tech hubs in yeah. Toronto, Chicago, uh, we have one in Florida and uh, even out in Paris. Oh, wow. Um, okay. When I think about how those investments were made and how we engage with those teammates, it really is in a hub and, and spoke mindset, kind of like airports, mm -hmm. to make sure that we aren't putting people on islands, but we, that we give every person the best chance to be known as an individual, not just a widget maker. Right. Yeah. To be close enough to others to at least connect on a regular basis and be more than just the output that they deliver to the business. And so, you know, in Buffalo, I think investing in building that next generation of talent is so key mm -hmm. in having the opportunity for teammates to be in person, but also training ourselves and our next generation of leaders and, and contributors to know how to build bridges, sustainable bridges internationally and nationally in a way that sets up uh, value add contributions now and in the future, but keeps people at the center of how they think about data and development uh, in the software and data space. Yeah, I think that's, you probably hit the nail on the head there. I think what COVID did was make the world smaller and pushed everyone to this kind of virtual world. And actually a lot of companies let's be honest, after COVID, they lost a lot of their staff because there wasn't that natural bridge across their staff. They were in that kind of, as you say, hub and spoke, and they were just delivering as finite, you know, projects and very little contact with their teams. And now you obviously have a, a European entity um, and you've obviously got kind of hubs across the kind of North America. How, how do you kind of engage people? You know, because I know I've heard of people doing kind of obviously from a programming standpoint doing pair programming with their European colleagues they've done they work on projects cross borders but how, how do you kind of keep that engagement so um there's probably you know it, it this is a fun question Alex because uh just a couple just a couple weeks ago I actually got to host a uh, nerf party um <laughs> just in the office I got approval from multiple layers um it was inspired by my son's Nerf party. Um, and so we, we just 
ran around and had a nerf nerf battle for probably an hour and a half. Um, but the reason that I share that is finding things that are fun to teammates mm. and um, they can be one-off, they can be, um, you know, regular activities, but not trying to contrive fun mm. and tell teammates, hey, this is the right way to do fun while remote, right? Yeah. I, the only reason we did that was I did it with my son and a bunch of people in the office heard about it and thought it would be a great idea. <laughs> and I got to spend time with teammates that I never would have anticipated having yeah. fun at a Nerf party. When we think about, okay, we did that in our Buffalo office. How does that translate into remote engagement mm-hmm. and partnership? One of the key things there is um, traveling to those locations and spending time in person to finish the conversation. Yeah. And what I mean by finishing the conversation is when you are in a scheduled environment where you have back-to-back Zoom meetings, you've got another deliverable coming up, you've got a podcast that I love being on. And as soon as I finish this, I'm going to hop in the car and I'm going to drive to Connecticut to meet with two of our most productive areas in the country um, in terms of developing our customers and our sales. Now I'm going to spend time in person with them. Yeah. Before I get in the car, before we end our podcast, before I leave that sales leadership summit, we're going to finish the conversation. And Mm -hmm. so in this transactional environment to keep, to build, keep, maintain and, and accelerate these relationships, especially in hub and spoke, it's so important to not just end the conversation at 29 point, right? 29 minutes and 59 seconds, but to say, is there anything else that we didn't cover today? Yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to share, right? We got through the transactional piece. Is there anything else so that we can truly finish the conversation and leave better connected and not just having accomplished the next widget creation that we endeavored to. Yeah. So that to me is so key when we think about building and maintaining and accelerating those relationships across the space. I think it's super important, isn't it? Engagement's everything and productivity is a, you know, naturally increases when you have a more engaged team. And I guess that starts and ends with you bringing through a leadership layer in terms of when you're embarking on this journey it was obviously you best player you know player coach leading the initiatives hands-on doing the work when did you decide and how did you decide how to create that kind of management layer which would automatically make your role not easier but it can mean you can focus on other priorities like managing up the business you know at what point did you start to look at management and how are we going to develop these people through Um, so I, it was funny. I had this conversation just the other day with somebody, uh, on my team, um, because I never endeavor to take on more. My focus is to excel with what I'm given. Yeah. And so, um, you know, as I think about why I'm in this role today, it's really because of the tremendous work and partnership of teammates. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, as I stepped into different leadership roles and have had opportunities to work with more and more groups across our company, um, 
my approach has been to wait to be invited in when I have capacity and can add value mm. versus seeing a structure with, you know, more of more stuff coming under my authority or my, my direction. And so um, having that servant first mindset of how can I add value and make sure that I'm excelling in the things that I'm given to do first, yeah. um, I think is a key anchor to then how, uh, and I hope, how my organization and my teammates continue to develop. That when we think about stepping into a different role, it's really how can I add value and support them in growing? And, you know, to your, the second part of your question, as I think about building up my leaders across the organization, a key component in terms of how I spend time in investing and developing them is, uh, following kind of that very simple training paradigm of you, I do, you watch, you do, I watch, you do. And, you know, we'll check in, we'll monitor occasionally. um, But each new thing, treating it as an opportunity for them to see and come alongside, and then to do with support, and then to have me actually take a step back, Mm. especially as I shift in different roles that last piece of really stepping back and giving them the space uh, to execute on their own is probably the hardest for me as a starting as a player coach. I want to be in the weeds (laughs) and every now and then I've got great partners across the organization that every now and then, you know, they'll, they'll gently pull me aside and say, you realize you're, you're getting a little too far into the weeds. Maybe take a couple steps back. Right. But having those relationships where people are willing to give you constructive feedback as I continue to grow is so key in setting up and giving space to my new leaders and my teammates across the organization for them to continue to grow and develop. So I don't, Alex, does that answer that? It's a great question. No, I think it's really interesting. I think you, what I like there was it's just as important for you to have that support and guidance and that mentorship above you to sometimes sanity check whether it's okay to take your foot off or apply pressure. And there's nothing worse if you're a future leader and your manager is effectively vicariously managing through you because then effectively you start to feel, well, why am I doing this? And uh, you're right, if you've got that kind of you know, this is, you know, you've taken such steps to build this function. So naturally, you're going to care about the results, but it is hard. Uh, you know, in a different capacity, I've been in the same situation, you kind of step back and think, oh, I'm okay. But if you hire good people, and you trust them, you've got to empower them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that really does start at the top, if you mm-hmm. think about who you're working with. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, you know, George, Fakas, uh, Bauman, Dan Magnashevsky, who hired me initially, and he was the founding CTO yep. at ACB that I worked for uh, for several years. And each of those teammates really take this approach of they dive into the weeds to understand, but then the next steps, they'll say like, "What you do what you think is best and come back to me. Here's the timeline, <laughs> but come back to me. Give it a shot. See what you think. They're they're giving me, and I've seen them give many of our leaders space to grow, develop, and also to fail occasionally. 
right? It, we, we need that space. And especially in the data space, when we're building new talent, there's so many opportunities to miss the mark in data, right? It's so easy to slam a correlation together and think it's causation. Yeah. We, we, we can get so quickly caught up in, uh, running a number in Excel and thinking we've found the solution when in reality, some of the data was a little dirty or yeah. you run up, right. Or you run up, you build a pandas data frame and you realize that you actually wrote the SQL to build the table to pull into the frame a little bit wrong. And you might be weeks into the project, yeah. right? How you gracefully navigate that and recognize um, the opportunity for growth and then going back to my first point about data connecting to people, it's really a key validation step along that journey. Mm. Um, so as you have those failures, those growth moments, um, encouraging yourself, myself, my teammates to follow that thread back to a person whose life will be better by analyzing this data. And if it's not at the end of the project, Okay, what did we miss? Let's yeah. talk about that paradigm. So that's interesting. That kind of the uh, almost self-perpetuating learning culture that's being built at ACV by that leadership layer. And I, I know when you were hiring, and obviously, typically people hire in the early stages people they like and people they characteristics that align with you and values that align to you. But in terms of you building a team that is all bought into one guiding principle or a clear set of values or objectives. What steps did you take to kind of create those values and ensure that everyone that comes in is either being interviewed based on those principles, or if they're not, they are bought into those from day one? So, you know, I can... There, there are a lot of structural things that we do that we've tried. Um, I'm sure uh, many teammates and leaders across the industry who are listening today have tried different structures. Mm. The biggest thing that I try to work on every day and I work with my leaders to do every day is, are we actually living the principles that we espouse? Yeah. Right independent of the structure, the onboarding methodology, the interview questions, are we actually intellectually honest with ourselves about the principles that we have, the priorities that we say we have in our life and in our work? And do we actually execute against that? Because if we aren't, we can have the perfect set of questions. We can hire the best, the brightest, we can build perfectly balanced teams and have perfect business vision. But at the end of the day, if we lose our sense of priorities and we don't live out the principles we claim are important, it's all for naught. Yeah. And so I, I think that piece is the most important thing for me mm. and for my leaders. And when we talk about hiring um, and promoting, when I work with uh, newer, newer leaders, you know, I'm walking the journey with them and encouraging them like, Hey, put yourself in that person's shoes. Mm. And then now let's go through this new exercise. This, if you're coaching a teammate, if you're celebrating a teammate's win, 
Let's go through that in a way that you would have appreciated. Um, and then practice that with your teammate. And no, you won't do it perfectly. Yeah. Um, but practice it and make sure that you're honest with yourself about whether or not you're living out your own principles along the journey. No, I think it's um, hugely insightful. And there's a lot of people that listen to this who are either thinking about that journey to management or maybe they are in a leadership role and they're maybe slightly challenged in terms of how to get the best out of people. But it sounds, you know, you know, I know um, people listening will be hugely uh, encouraged with your honest kind of pragmatic approach. But equally, what, what's nice to hear is that right from the top down, everyone's on board with the, with the same journey. And whilst you're executing it, I think that's what's permeated this conversation is, you know, you can go off and have your best vision and idea of something. But if people aren't fully supporting at that leadership level and, and actually understand data, AI, how can it benefit us? Then in no amount of your efforts going to lead to anything. But no, that's uh, hugely appreciate your time, John. I know we, uh, we've managed to kind of get you first thing in the morning to attend this. So uh, I know there'll be a lot of interest in this episode. So thanks ever so much. It's uh, been my pleasure. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much, Alex, for having me on. Um, and I'm I'm excited to get to talk with you again. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, John.